Chapter 6 Ow! Mr. Frazier let out a wail. The carving knife fell and landed heavily on the floor. Cubby went scampering away. Callie, you pushed me! Mr. Frazier cried. No! Callie exclaimed, raising her hands to her face as she backed away. She watched a bright red circle of blood form on the side of her father's shirt. You shoved my arm! Mr. Frazier accused her, gripping his side. No, I didn't touch you, Callie told him. Really, Daddy, there's no way I could have shoved a knife into you. I know, but... Mr. Frazier's voice trailed off. He's bleeding, James announced. Yuck, look at it! Mrs. Frazier was on her feet. She grabbed her husband's arm. Stop arguing with Callie. Let's get you upstairs and get that shirt off. See if you need stitches. Stitches? Mr. Frazier's eyes were unfocused behind his glasses. He didn't seem to understand what Mrs. Frazier was telling him. Is he in shock? Callie wondered. She leaned her back against the dining room wall as she stared at the widening circle of blood on her father's shirt. Why did he accuse me of pushing him? Blood dripped onto the floor as Mrs. Frazier led her husband out of the dining room. Callie turned her gaze on Cody. To her surprise, Cody was still in her chair and had a terrified expression on her face. It was a ghost, she murmured. A ghost pushed his arm. I know it. Later that night, why did you say it was a ghost? Callie demanded. Huh? Cody narrowed her eyes at her sister. It was later that night, after eleven. Callie had just finished writing her diary entry. Cody had wandered into her room to chat. Their parents had returned from the emergency room at Shadyside General at about nine. Now they were asleep in their room. Callie was sprawled on her bed, wearing the long striped nightshirt she liked to sleep in. Cody, still dressed, sat on the windowsill. A light breeze through the open window, fluttering her hair. When Daddy stabbed himself, you said it was a ghost, Callie reminded her sister. Cody crossed over and sat down on the foot of Callie's bed. Poor Daddy. He needed twelve stitches. Callie pulled herself up higher against the headboard. Answer my question, she insisted. Why do you think it was a ghost? Well, you didn't shove Daddy's arm. I saw you, Callie. You didn't even come close to him, so... Callie groaned. So that made you automatically think it was a ghost? Cody's cheeks darkened to scarlet. I felt a presence in the room, Callie, she said, lowering her voice to a solemn whisper. A cold presence, mist-like. I felt it float over the table, and then, a second later, I saw the knife plunge into Daddy. Stop it, Cody, Callie warned. Please, just stop it right now. Your ghost talk will only upset everyone. What makes you think you know everything? Cody demanded with sudden passion. She leaned close to her sister, her nostrils flaring angrily. Stop rolling your eyes, Callie. You don't know everything. I hate it when you act so smug and superior. Cody let out a frustrated cry. Mom and Dad didn't believe me either. Cody, you told them this wild ghost story when they got back from the hospital? Cody nodded. It isn't a wild story. I felt something in the room. I thought they should know, she sighed. But they laughed at me, too. Cody, listen to me, Callie pleaded. There's no such thing as ghosts. Really, you... I've read books that say there were ghosts, Cody shot back. Books by real scientists. Callie laughed. Cody jumped to her feet. She balled her hands into fists. Don't laugh at me, Callie. I don't like everyone in, the, in this family laughing at me. Then don't be such a jerk, Callie replied. She shook her head. Ghosts, she muttered scornfully. You really are a pain, Cody cried. So are you, Callie shot back, feeling herself lose control. Cody stomped toward the door. 
Hey, if a moaning white sheet comes flying down the hall at you, be sure to duck, Callie called after her. Cody stored it to the hall, then slammed the door behind her. What is her problem, Callie thought, shaking her head. Sometimes I can't believe we're twins. How can a sister of mine believe in ghosts? She clicked off her bedside lamp, then slid down into the bed and pulled the sheet over her. Through the open window, Callie could hear the whisper of wind through the trees in the backyard. She forced herself not to think about Cody, not to think of the frightening incident at dinner. Instead, she thought about the boutique, about Sally and Jean, the young couple who had hired her to work there. And as she began to relax and feel drowsy, she found herself thinking about Anthony. Maybe I'll stop at the corner after work, she thought, smiling, just to say hi. Maybe I'll remind him I'm new in town and don't know anybody. Maybe I'll ask him to show me around. Thinking of these pleasant thoughts, Callie drifted off to sleep. Three hours later, she woke up, startled by a sound. The sky was black and starless outside her window. A heavy silence hovered over the house. Then she heard the sound again. A soft knocking on her bedroom door. Three knocks, then a pause. Then three more knocks, faint and weak. Who's there? Callie's voice came out in a sleep-choked whisper. She cleared her throat. Who's there? Cody? No reply. Silence. Then three more faint knocks. Gentle scrapes, as if from someone too weak to pound. Who's there? Callie demanded more loudly. She lowered her feet to the floor and listened. No reply. Am I dreaming this? She wondered. What's going on? Three more knocks. A pause. Three more knocks. Callie took a deep breath and held it. She tiptoed quietly across the room. Then she grabbed the doorknob and yanked open her door. Chapter 7 No one there. Callie stared into the dim orange light cast by a tiny nightlight halfway down the hall. No one. An empty, silent hallway. Who's there? she whispered, suddenly chilled. No one there. Cody's door was closed. James's door stood open a crack, revealing only darkness. Weird, Callie muttered softly. She pulled her door shut, hurried back to bed, and pulled the sheet up to her chin. Shivering, she shut her eyes, and heard three soft knocks, and then three more. Who's there? she demanded shrilly. Silence. Then three more knocks. Callie pulled the sheet over her head and pressed her ear into the pillow, trying to shut out the sound. Later that morning, I couldn't sleep. I heard strange noises all night, Cody complained. She rested her chin in her hands. She hadn't touched her toaster waffles. You'll get used to the sounds, Mr. Fraser said casually, wiping orange juice off his upper lip. Is there any more coffee, dear? Plenty, Mrs. Fraser stepped up behind him with a coffee pot. How does your side feel this morning? Not great, Callie's dad admitted. He turned to Cody. I'm afraid you're going to have to go up on a ladder this morning while we work on the porch roof. I don't think I can. He gripped his side. This thing is still throbbing, and I don't want to tear open the stitches. No problem, Cody told him. I like climbing ladders. She glared at Callie. Did you hear anything weird last night? Callie finished her orange juice and shook her head. No, she lied. Not a sound. She didn't tell Cody about the strange knocking on the door. She wasn't in the mood to hear any more ghost talk from her sister. Mrs. Nordstrom, the new housekeeper, entered a few moments later. She was a short, squat, gray-haired woman with lively, dark eyes and a short stub of a nose. As she was pulling out mops and sponges to clean the kitchen, Mr. Hankers arrived at the back door. He greeted everyone with a solemn nod. 
Then he hurried down to the basement, closing the door behind him. The phone rang as Callie got up from the table. Hey, our first call, she exclaimed. She picked up the receiver and talked for a few minutes. When she turned back to the others, her expression revealed her disappointment. That was Sally at the boutique, she told them. They're doing inventory. They don't want me to start work until Monday. Great, Mr. Fraser cried cheerfully. You can help Cody on the porch. I don't think I'm going to be too useful today. Callie wasn't a skilled worker like her sister, and she didn't enjoy carpentry. But she knew she had to pitch in, and she knew it was important to get the house in better shape. So after changing into a pair of baggy faded jeans and an old Gap single pocket t-shirt, she tied her hair back with a rubber band. Then she followed her sister to the front of the house. The sun was already high in the sky, but little sunlight filtered down through the old trees to the front yard. The tree guys are coming later this morning, Cody said, staring down toward the street. They're going to start cutting down some trees in the back. Good. Maybe we'll get a little sunlight in our bedrooms, Kelly replied. I was cold last night. She stopped and brushed her sister's shoulder with her hand. Hey, Cody? What? Cody asked coldly. Sorry about last night, Callie said softly. I mean, losing my temper and everything. Cody avoided her sister's eyes. It's okay, she muttered. Let's get to work. Maybe we can drive to town later, Callie suggested. You know, just you and me. Check out the stores. Maybe grab some lunch at that little restaurant near school. Cody's eyes lit up. You just want to see that boy again, Anthony, she laughed. Maybe, Callie replied. She could feel her face growing hot. Let's see how much we can get done, Cody said, turning to the porch. I'm getting paid by the hour, remember? A tall aluminum ladder was already propped up against the edge of the porch roof, stretching above it. The tree limb had been pulled away. The hole it had made in the roof was visible from the ground. I'm going to climb up and pull off all the damaged shingles, Cody said. The limb crashed right through, which means the wood under the shingles is probably rotted. She started up the ladder, her eyes on the roof. I may have to tear their wood planks out, too. What should I do? Callie asked, brushing a spider off her t-shirt sleeve. Just hold the ladder, Cody instructed. Hold it against the porch, real steady. No problem, Callie told her sister. She grabbed the sides of the aluminum ladder with both hands. Cody doesn't have much respect for my ability, she told herself, watching her sister climb to the roof. Whenever we work together, I'm the one who holds the ladder. Cody is so confident when it comes to this kind of work, Callie thought, gripping the ladder tightly as her sister continued to climb. Why can't she have the same confidence in everything else? Wow, Cody called down. The shingles are rotted. They all have to go. Be careful, Callie said. Hold the ladder steady. I'm going to see if I can stand on the roof. Cody let go of the ladder and reached for the roof edge. As Cody reached out, Callie felt the ladder start to shake, a gentle trembling at first, then harder, until the aluminum hummed and vibrated. Hey, what's your problem? Cody called sharply. Hold it steady. I... Callie gripped the side pieces tightly, but the ladder began pulling away from the porch. Hey, stop! Cody yelled alarmed. Stop doing that! I'm not doing it! Callie cried. Hold it steady! Cody screamed. Callie pressed all her weight against it, but the ladder continued to swing away from the house. Cody's hands flailed at the air. Help me! The ladder was standing straight up now. Callie struggled to push it back against the roof, but it resisted with more force than Callie had. Callie, help! Stop! Cody's frantic screams pierced the air. Callie raised her eyes to her sister's frightened face, saw her hands squeeze the sides of the ladder, saw her knees bend, saw the ladder topple back, back, 
and then Callie could hold it no more. She let go and jumped out of the way as a ladder fell. Cody screamed all the way down. She landed flat on her back. Her arms and legs bounced once, twice. Her breath seemed to explode from her body in a whoosh. The ladder clanged as it bounced hard and luckily landed beside her in the tall grass. No! A silent protest escaped Callie's lips. How could this happen? She ran to Cody and bent over her. Cody? How could this happen? How? Cody, are you okay? Callie let out a horrified gasp when she saw that her sister wasn't breathing. Chapter 8 Dear Diary, You can imagine how relieved I felt when Cody opened her eyes. The fall had knocked the wind out of her and she had passed out. We finally got her on her feet. She was really groggy. Her back and neck were sore, but she was lucky she didn't break anything. Of course, she blamed me for letting the ladder tilt over. I tried to explain it wasn't my fault. It was so horrible. When I held the ladder, it felt as if a strong force, much stronger than me, were pushing the ladder backward. I felt really bad, as if I had let Cody down. Cody was so angry and upset, it made me feel even worse. Mom was quiet the rest of the day, and Dad seemed totally freaked. So many accidents, he kept saying over and over, shaking his head. So many accidents. There have been a lot of frightening accidents since we arrived, one right after the other. Thinking about them all gave me the chills. I mean, why did a ladder move back like that? And why did Dad think I bumped his arm and made him stab himself when I hadn't even touched him? And why did a window slam shut on Cody's hands after it had stayed up for a while? Why? 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 I keep telling myself it's just a creepy, run-down old house. And the things that are happening to us are just accidents. I keep telling myself that but I don't know how long I can go on believing it. I'm really frightened. If one more bad thing happens, I don't know what I'll do. Oh well, it's getting late. I'll close for now. I'm sure tomorrow will be a much better day. Callie closed the diary and tucked it into her desk drawer. Then she made her way to bed. She yawned wearily, her eyes on the blackness outside the bedroom window. After pulling back the sheet, she slid into bed. She had been asleep for only a few minutes when she heard the soft knocking again. Three light taps on the bedroom door, then a pause, then three more taps. Instantly alert, Callie crept out of the bed. She took a silent step toward the door, then listened. Three more soft taps. This time, I'm going to find out who's there, she told herself. Three more taps. Callie grabbed a doorknob and jerked the door open. Hey! Her voice echoed once down the empty hall. There was no one there. Callie woke up the next morning, Saturday, blinking into the gray light. What was that dark rectangle across the room? As her eyes focused, she realized she was staring into her open closet. She stared at the bare shelves, the white plaster closet walls. Empty. The closet was empty. And all of her clothes, jeans, shorts, t-shirts, sweatshirts, had been taken out and strewn all over the room. They were on the floor, over her desk, and across the windowsill. I don't believe this, she cried out loud. Who was in here? She sat up, startled to alertness. Cody? Cody, were you in my room? She shouted. No reply. She leapt out of bed and started to dress quickly, picking up a pair of white tennis shorts from the floor, then pulling on a blue and white striped tank top. After she dressed, she picked up the t-shirts and sweaters from the floor and tossed them onto her bed. Then she quickly ran a brush through her blonde hair and hurried downstairs. Something weird is going on, Callie shouted, hurrying toward the kitchen. She entered Asino, shouting in confusion. Where's Cubby? James was demanding shrilly. 
Callie's brother was down on his hands and knees, peering under the kitchen table. Cubby? Cubby? he called. Where is that dumb dog? Mr. Hankers hurried past Callie with a nod and muttered, Good morning. He closed the basement door behind him. She heard his heavy footsteps clambering down the narrow basement stairs. I don't want eggs, Cody was saying irritably. Her mother snapped the plate up from the table. You told me you wanted scrambled eggs this morning. But these are too runny. They're sick, Cody declared. I'm going to hurl. Really? Fine. I like them runny. I'll eat them, Mrs. Fraser snarled, carrying the plate away. Where's Cubby? James repeated shrilly. Has anyone seen him? I think he went outside, Mrs. Nordstrom said, her face hidden behind a pile of bath towels she was carrying in front of her. I saw him in the backyard a few minutes ago. Are you going to wash those? Mr. Fraser asked. Yes, I'm on my way to the basement, the housekeeper replied. But Mr. Hankers told me the basement is still filled with rats, Mr. Fraser told her. Mrs. Nordrum kept walking toward the back hallway. I'm not afraid of rats. Rats are afraid of me, she said, and disappeared, heading down to the washer-dryer. Cubby! Cubby! Did she say Cubby went outside? James demanded. Cubby isn't allowed outside! He pushed open the kitchen door and ran out, calling the dog's name. James, come back! You haven't had your breakfast, Mrs. Fraser called frantically. She blew a strand of hair off her forehead. Anybody want eggs? Somebody pulled all the clothes out of my closet, Callie reported, managing to get a word in. My room is a total mess. Later, Callie's mother said, let's get breakfast out of the way, then... But mother, Callie cried sharply, didn't you hear what I said? What's going on here, Cody demanded. Why is everyone screaming and running around like a maniac? Cubby! Cubby! James's desperate shouts floated in from the backyard. If that stupid puppy has run off, Mr. Fraser muttered. He set his coffee cup down, frowning. Callie, do me a favor. Go look in the front yard. Maybe Cubby ran around to the front. Callie obediently pushed back her chair from the table and stood up. I wish someone would listen to me, she said angrily. Someone was in my room, and... Please check the front for the dog, Mr. Fraser urged impatiently. So maybe James will shut up. With an unhappy groan, Callie headed to the front of the house. Has everyone in this house gone totally psycho, she wondered. She pulled open the front door, stepped onto the porch, and turned around, and gasped. The porch was splattered with blood. Callie raised her hands to her face as she saw the huge, blood-scrawled number on the house wall. 99. Chapter 9 Cody was the first to hear Callie's screams. She burst onto the porch, and her eyes bulged wide with horror as she saw the blood streaks. Mr. and Mrs. Fraser stopped just outside the doorway, staring in silent shock. Who? Mrs. Fraser managed to choke out. I knew the house was haunted, Cody said, her voice just above a whisper. I could feel the evil as soon as we arrived, and now it's starting to come out. Do you think it was neighborhood kids? Mrs. Fraser asked her husband. Some kind of prank? Mr. Fraser swallowed hard but didn't reply. Callie could see the fear in his eyes. His face appeared pale and drawn in a gray light, filtering down through the trees. Is it really blood? Cody asked quietly. Callie took a few steps toward the front door. Her legs were weak and rubbery. Timidly, she raised a finger to the wall of the house and rubbed it across one of the nines. No, it's not blood, she announced quietly. It's paint. Paint. Mr. Fraser repeated the word, as if he'd never heard it before. The ghost is trying to communicate, Cody murmured. 
Who would smear red paint all over our porch? Callie's father demanded. Mr. Hankers and I spent all day yesterday sanding and putting primer on. Such a mean joke, Mrs. Fraser murmured, chewing her bottom lip and shaking her head. It's not a joke, Cody replied in a low, solemn voice. It's a message. It's not a joke. Cubby? Cubby? James's voice floated onto the porch. Callie saw her brother wander into the front yard, trudging along slowly, searching everywhere. Cubby! James turned when he saw everyone huddled on the porch. Come out and help me, he cried in a trembling voice. We've got to look for Cubby. He's run away. Poor James is about to lose it, Kelly thought, seeing her brother's chin tremble and tears form in his eyes. I'll help you look, she called to him. Anything to get out of here, Kelly told herself. Wait there, James, she called. I'll be right there. We'll search the whole neighborhood. Cubby? Cubby! James continued to call the puppy, his voice becoming more and more shrill. Kelly ran upstairs to her room. Ignoring the clothing tossed everywhere, she pulled on a pair of white sweat socks and then searched under a pile of jeans for her sneakers. When she returned to the front yard, Cody and Mr. Fraser were already opening cans of white primer, preparing to paint over the ugly red scrolls. Callie said, I'm going now, and hurried out to join James. Why did Cubby run away? James demanded as Callie came jogging down the driveway to him. Why did he do that? I'm sure he didn't get far, Callie told her brother tenderly putting a hand on his slender shoulder. Come on, we'll find him. Keeping her hand on his shoulder, Callie guided James down to the street. We'll search all the front and backyard, she said. Keep your eyes peeled. As soon as they stepped away from their yard, the sunlight appeared. The morning sky was cloudless and bright. The air instantly became warm and fresh-smelling. Cubby! Cubby! James called the dog's name as Callie led him from house to house. The houses are all pretty old and ramshackle on this street, Callie noticed. But none of them, she realized unhappily, were as run down and as covered in darkness as her new house. Is that Cubby? James cried, pointing to a front lawn choked with tall weeds. Callie turned her gaze to follow where he was pointing. No, sorry, it's only a squirrel, she reported. James uttered an unhappy moan. Don't get discouraged, Callie said. We'll find him. Let's check out this backyard. The square-shaped brick house was dark and empty. But as Callie followed her brother up the driveway, she heard the buzz of a power lawnmower. As she and James turned the corner behind the garage, a boy came into view. He had his back to them as he pushed the mower. It crackled and roared as he guided it through the tall grass. I don't see Cubby, James shouted over the noise. Callie's eyes were on the dark-haired boy. As he turned the lawnmower and started toward them, she recognized him. Anthony, Callie shouted, smiling. He stopped pushing, but kept both hands on the mower handle. His eyes narrowed in surprise. Hi, he called. He bent down and shut off the mower. Anthony, do you live here? Callie called, jogging over to him. He gazed hard at her, wiping his hands on the legs of his jeans. I remember you, he said. From the restaurant, right? Callie realized he didn't remember her name. Callie, she told him. Callie Fraser, my sister and I. Oh, right, he smiled. How's it going? He wiped his forehead with the sleeve of his t-shirt. Callie saw that he had blades of cut grass clinging to the bottoms of his jeans, and somehow blades of grass had become tangled in his dark hair. That's my brother James, Callie said, pointing. Did you see a dog? James demanded, hanging back by the garage. A little black lab? Anthony shook his head. No. We're searching everywhere for him, Callie explained. Do you live here? No way, Anthony replied seriously. His answer caught Callie by surprise. 
Let's go, James urged. He ran over to Callie and tugged at her arm. Let's check out the next yard. In a second, Callie replied, removing her arm from her brother's grasp. She turned back to Anthony. What do you mean? Anthony's dark eyes remained serious. My family is too superstitious to live on Fear Street, he said. I don't understand, Callie confessed. Oh, yeah, you just moved here, he said, gripping the handle of the now silent lawnmower. No one told you about this street, huh? Told me what? Callie demanded. Let's go, James cried impatiently. One second, Callie told him sharply. Told me what, Anthony? Well, there are all kinds of stories about this street, he replied reluctantly, staring down at the mower. Weird stories. Callie let out a shrill laugh. Give me a break, she replied playfully. Just because I'm new in town doesn't mean you can scare me with that dumb... I'm serious, Anthony interrupted. So you don't live here, Callie repeated, gesturing toward the house. Anthony shook his head. I mow lawn on Saturdays, you know, for extra money. I live in Old Village. Have you been there? It's nice. I haven't seen much of town, Callie replied thoughtfully. He's so cute, she found herself thinking, even when he's sweaty and covered with grass. Let's go, James insisted, tugging on Callie's arm again. Okay, okay, Callie replied. Anthony wiped his forehead again with his sleeve. Hot today, he muttered, but I'm almost finished. Where do you live? On this block? Callie nodded. Yeah, 99 Fear Street. His dark eyes locked on hers. You're kidding, right? No, I'm not kidding, Callie replied, confused. What is your problem, Anthony? That's my address, 99 Fear Street. He swallowed hard. He continued to stare hard at her. Callie, he said quietly, don't you know about that house? Didn't they tell you?